Welcome to the Sick and Successful Podcast. This podcast was created with the purpose of being real. Diving deep into the behind the scenes of what it's like to be successful while struggling with some of life's biggest challenges. In this podcast, there is no holding back. The tough questions are asked, hard things are said, and week after week, our hosts bring you tangible tips and tricks to live your best life. We're here to show you that you don't have to settle for good enough, that you can shoot for the stars and accomplish your wildest dreams. The road to get there may look a little different, but we're here to prove to you that it's not only possible to be sick and successful, but it's possible for you. Dream big and tune in. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to the Sick and Successful podcast. We have a special guest for you today. You have me, Natalie. You have Shalinda. Yay, both of us. And you have Christina Kazharmer. She was born in Moscow. She is a Toronto-based fashion designer. Her works are mostly inspired by European and North American fashion. Kaz Designs is a female-owned, custom-made luxury lounge loungewear brand based in Toronto, Canada. You guys, the pieces are so beautiful. Christina reached out to me and I was like, yeah, you know, there's like a lot of loungewear companies out there. So uh, let me take a look. And then I was like, oh my gosh, this is, I am going through, this is sidebar, (laughs) but I will say I'm, I'm just introducing her, but this is sidebar. I'm going through this whole, like throwing out all of my throwing out, donating all of my not boss bitch clothes and making sure either my clothes are either boss bitch, super comfortable and fashionable and or sexy. And so when I saw this Kaz page, I was like, oh my gosh, that is like a mix of comfy and fashionable and like high, high vibe and just so cool. So you guys have to check it out. But with all of that being said, welcome, Christina. <laughs> Thank you. Hi, ladies. Beautiful Hello. ladies. I can- see them on video and I wish you guys could see them too. Gorgeous to successful (laughs) ladies. So it's a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much. Let's just jump in with telling us like, what was it that made you start this, uh, this fashion brand being born in Moscow and coming over to Canada. And I'm sure there was a lot of pressure on you to go to university and be quote unquote successful. So what made you take a different path? Um, you know, I was always in kind of in the arts. Um, I double majored, I majored in the fine arts. So I'm a painter and I had a minor major in photography as well as French, um, French that I kind of drop. So my, my whole story is that, you know, I was always into fashion. Um, my grandmother who was obviously also born in Moscow, was a seamstress in Moscow. And she was one of those very fashionista, still is a fashionista ladies that kind of always inspired me to pursue fashion. She's very, you know, like I'll send you guys pictures. This woman is incredible. She's very, you know, everything has to match. Um, she, she loves to dance. She's 70, but lives a life of a 40 year old. <laughs> um, so yeah, so she was one of Sounds those like my is- grandma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are the fun ones, right? Um, so she, my grandparents pretty much raised me my entire life hearing her stories back in Moscow, where, you know, back in the sixties and seventies, um, slacks and pants were not allowed by the, the woman and the world of females in the working environment. And she was the one that kind of pushed it. 
So she kind of was the secret seamstress that all the ladies came to that didn't want to wear pants, that didn't want to wear skirts. And she would, she would make them custom slacks. So she was the the rebel of the the fashion world in Moscow and um, she killed it. And um, when they came to Canada, fashion and sewing and things like that was just not where the money was at. And she became a French, French teacher. And that's what she told me to do. So she's like, you got to be a French teacher because that's where the money's at. Getting into fashion is really difficult. Uh, you won't be able to do it kind of thing. So that's what I went to school for. I went to, to school for French and I just, I couldn't do it. I was failing course after course. I was working, I was living on my own since I was 17. So I was, you know, I had to pay the bills and I was working three jobs and I was double majoring in school. And I just kind of going to debt, getting credit card on credit card to just be able to survive. And I, you know, would paint at night. I would draw, I would sketch, I would do all those things on the side, sleepless nights, and then do my assignments. And I just, I, I couldn't stand school. I dropped out like four times, probably, you know, decided to, you know, like, I'm not going to listen to my parents. I'm not going to listen to my grandparents. And secretly, my grandma still doesn't know that, but I dropped French (laughs) third year in. I dropped French and I was, I basically went to from fine arts to minor in photography. So I was both majoring and finished, graduated with a degree. And as long as you have degree on your resume, that'll basically get you any job. (laughs) Um, But my French did help me and I got into the world of being an executive assistant, which I am still now. And that's 12 years of being an executive assistant. But I always did stuff on the side. So, you know, you work your corporate job because it does pay the bills because that's how you kind of survive, right? And then um, something beautiful happened. Um, To me, it was beautiful. And that was the pandemic. Working from home really pushed me to get into the world of um, sewing and pursuing my, the world of fashion, creating stuff. And to me, it was something that was kind of just a hobby and something that would help me with like my mental health. And it, w- it always puts me in a zone where I just don't think about anything outside and just that. And then it just went from hobby, it just went into a business. It was, you know, I was just, I kept on doing and doing what I was doing. <laughs> and, you know, I would, I'd sew at lunchtime, I would sew after work. So I would do my, you know, my regular nine to five job. Uh, if my boss texts me, I obviously take care of stuff, but I just, there's times where I even sew in between meetings. <laughs> um, but I'm, yep. <laughs> <laughs> let's not tell him. <laughs> Hopefully he's not um, listening. <laughs> and if he is, you know, I still get my job done. Exactly. Um, it does give you that whole world of 24 seven. So I do find myself connecting to the core world at, you know, 9 p.m. if I need mm-hmm. to finish something, but it, it does get done. And yeah, so, so that's kind of where, and then Kaz just, it went into, it started with hand-stitched leather bags. Um, oh. I'm a huge, yeah, I'm a huge fan. I, I basically, oh, there's so much to say. I just want to tell you guys everything. <laughs> um, but <laughs> I met a wonderful woman, um, in a, um, a Navi Designs, at the one of a kind show three years ago, she creates hand 
leather bags with like this beautiful color of fur. And it's just, it's stunning. And I connected with her and I said, is there any way I can come by the studio and see how you create these things? And she was so lovely. She's like, yeah, like, let me teach you. Let me show you how to do this. And hopefully she's, she'll be listening to this, but she's inspired me and she really helped me be where I am right now because I, you know, she started kind of showing me how, how it's done, the, you know, different materials and how leather works and how it is on the touch and how it is with water and everything. And she taught me in just a few classes, basically it inspired me like, oh, I can actually do stuff. I can make this. And from there, I got these two massive industrial machines that are in my office that take up way too much room. And my husband gets angry because I create a disaster in the living room. There's no, (laughs) um, but yeah, so she's inspired me and then COVID hit and I started doing loungewear, but I want it to be different. I didn't want to be like every other person, like all the big stores, Aritzia. So what I would do is I would source by hand, all the fabrics and I would buy a minimum amount of the fabrics and so that it stays sustainable. And it's obviously very expensive to buy a massive roll and then it might go to waste. Who knows? So I'd buy little amounts and then I would just, you know, make them for myself. And people are like, oh, that's like a really cool, like, what is that? You know, hoodies with like puff sleeves or, you know, I dye them in my bathtub and like a really cool color comes out of them. People are like, can you make me one? And from friends, from family, like people are just like, I want one. I want one. And I'm just like, you know what? Like I have a background in web design. Like, let me create a logo. Let me create a website. It doesn't cost that much. And like, let's, let's see what, what happens. And then that's where it went. You know, I I just created the business. I just got a girl to help me with my copyright because my, my, my writing is ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, before we jump into that part, of course. I just want to ask you as somebody who was, you know, juggling a corporate job and then dove into this, like an entrepreneur business of yours, what was that like, you know, juggling both? Because I think a lot of people listening to the podcast can, can relate to taking on that side hustle or diving into that small business world. When you do have that corporate job, that's all, you know, is that corporate world and, and going off on your own and, and diving into a business venture is kind of intimidating. So maybe talk a little bit about that before we dive into the details of your awesome business that you've started. (laughs) Thanks. You know, I would have to say it kind of opens a new door in my mind, so to speak. Um, You know, it's when I'm sewing, like it gives me the ability to kind of distract myself from things that are happening in the world, you know, and it makes me like the night of, I know I'm good at it, you know, like I have experience in it. I find it's very kind of consistent. Every day is pretty much the same. Whereas when I'm creating, I, every day it's something new. I'm learning new things all the time. I get inspired by Pinterest or another artist on Instagram then I create it. And that's, that's what inspires me to keep going, to keep doing it because it's almost like a different world. So to speak, you know, like we're in our corporate world, we're, you know, responding to emails. It's the same meetings over and over again. It's the same. Right. So I think that different world helps me and motivates me to keep doing it. Yeah. It's like an outlet, right? Like it's it's, it's, exactly. Yeah. I think a lot of people during the pandemic, especially took that time to take a step back because the world gave us that opportunity 
such a rare mm-hmm. opportunity in kind of a beautiful way to really dive into those passions and, and find that outlet for us creatively to really get out of that mindset that we need that nine to five job in order to be successful and fall into yeah. that category. Right. And so you dive, you, you dip your toes into that world and then you quickly realize, wow, this is kind of cool. I could do this like maybe full time. And it's, you go through a range of emotions kind of coming to that, uh, that decision. Right. It's almost, it's also like almost a thrill. Like every day it's a different kind of thrill for me. It's, which is why I still have my nine to five. Like I can probably quit my nine to five. And if I focus a hundred percent on CAS, it could actually become something bigger sooner. Right. But it's the thrill of actually like, Oh, I have, you know, I only have two hours to like finish something. It's like a good version of an anxiety almost. It's like, it's diamonds. It's, <laughs> oh, it, yes. Yes. Like I, I work under pressure. So, you know, if I, I'll be honest, I have the worst, I leave everything to the last minute. And, but then when I finish something under pressure, it's amazing. And I'm like, oh, wow. Like I should work more often under pressure, but you're talking to the Queens, literally the Queens. I'm dying inside over here because that's how Natalie and I run our business. Like I had to adjust to that though, because I think my internal way of like working my whole life was being told not to leave things to the last minute, you know, working under pressure is bad. There's negative energy about that. And then I have this side hustle where I find that if I do leave things to the last minute, like it's amazing things happen and like the best work comes out of it. So it's kind of like the opposite. It's like teaching myself to unlearn those ways that my whole life has like been paved out for me. My greatest work, even in university was always done last minute. Like we would have four weeks to finish a painting and I'm not even kidding. I would start it the night before (laughs) and I would like my class would be at 8am and I'd still be painting at 6am. I I will pull an all nighter. And you know what? Those got the best marks. It just, it was the most beautiful. So people shouldn't like, I won't change. That's just the way I work, you know? And my husband always tells me he's like, why are you like freaking out? Why are you leaving everything to last week? Why didn't you start it last week? And I'm like, because this is how I work. <laughs> I like to be all over the place, you know? Like I like that like rush of, it's like a rush inside your body. Right. So that's how it works. And I think, I think that's what helps me. And that's what motivates me to like, keep going, you know? And I do, I do have days where I'm like, oh, this piece is not where I want it to be. And I spend so much, so much money and time into this fabric, but you know what? That's how you learn. You know, I always tell myself, like, I didn't take fashion in school. Like I learned everything on YouTube. I learned how to sew on YouTube. And that's also kind of something I want to like almost tell people, like, you don't have to go to university. You don't have to go to college to like learn something. And at the end of the day, I think everybody is creative. Everybody Mm -hmm. has some sort of creative outlet that being creative is, is like one of the special things we have in this, in this, on this planet, because being creative, it's not, it's not finance, it's not investment, that kind of just, it's consistent. It's the same thing. Creative, like it's different. It like releases new energies almost. Literally, <laughs> like I've picked up, I, I used to paint, I painted a lot, I used to knit and do things like that, but I, it all stopped, you know, when business gets busy and 
corporate gets busy now owning our own business. It's just been insane. I was recently kind of pushed into painting something for a program I'm in. And it was just, it sparked this whole new thing in me where now like before the, like the end of the evening, I'll just paint for fun and paint just to, you know, get something on paper. And you're right. Everyone has that creative side. It might, might've been dimmed. It might not be explored yet to just think if someone who's never created before listens to this podcast. And if there's one thing we can say, like, pick up a crayon, pick up a pencil, pick up some paint, do like make something and then take a step back. And it feels so good. Like it's, it, it, like you said, it opens up this whole like other channel in you. Yeah. Yeah. And then I always get this like question asked, when do you have time? When do you, you know, like you're doing photo shoots, like you have a nine to five job. Sometimes I'm like, oh no, like my coworkers seem on Instagram I'm posting. But then I, I think back and I'm like, there are so many people that have these nine to five corporate jobs. You're sitting on Instagram and you're just scrolling or you're on Pinterest you're, or you're reading the news or whatever it is. To me, that's like waste of time, let's say, right? Yeah. But those little breaks that you or someone else takes to like scroll or read a book or whatever, that's my little break to create, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And it's like, like, yeah, like I'm a wife. I'm, you know, I am a business owner. I, you know, I'm an executive assistant. I have a full-time job, but you can't be a hundred percent all of right. But when you take opportunity to create, you're a hundred percent creating or you're a hundred percent wife. Like it's those like little bubbles. You make time for things that light your soul, right? Like things that you're passionate about in your life, you make time for, and everybody has different priorities. And that's why I never compare my success to anybody else's success because I'm on my own path. I'm, I'm out here trying to do my own thing. And so I can't look at somebody next to me and think, oh my gosh, that person works, you know, 25 hours a day. Where do they find the hours? You know what I mean? Like, it's just, I can't do that because I'm on my own path and I'm, and I'm doing my own thing. And I think that's a very important thing to bring to the table as well. Also, I think uh, it's good to note, like, I'm sure a lot of our listeners do the same thing where they're working corporate and trying to start some kind of side hustle. And I did the same thing with my uh, coaching, like my health, health coaching, where I did it while working full-time corporate. And I think that's something a lot of entrepreneurs who have a corporate job struggle with is exactly like you said, like, oh, are my coworkers going to see that I'm posting or are they going to see that I'm on stories? Well, number one, let me give you the permission that you could have a social media manager who's posting it for you. So they have no idea and they cannot prove that it was you posting. Same with stories. You can pre-schedule stories and they can go out at any time. So if your company has a problem with that, I mean, the first thing I would say is just make sure you speak to someone and I'm talking oh, yeah. to the listeners, obviously, because <laughs> it sounds like your, your, your boss is good, but it's important just that you're, you know, your company is aware and you're, you're comfortable and maybe even mute some of your coworkers so that they can't see the things that stress you out. Cause if it's holding you back from posting as a business owner, because you're worried two, three people who have you on Instagram are going to see, then just hide it from them and, and keep doing your thing. Like, you have every right to create your business just like Christina has while working a full-time job. Like it's possible. Yeah. And I mean, and like we have that benefit of, I don't know how other people are in the corporate world, but like I'm connected to my phone, right? So Mm -hmm. being an executive assistant, like if my boss texts me, obviously not late, late hours, but if he does text me, you know, past 530, I don't have to, if it's not something urgent, I don't have to do it until the next morning. 
but some being in the corporate world is just like, once it's, once something's on their mind, that's when they, they tell you, but it yeah. doesn't mean it has to be done now. Right. Like yeah. I always say like, this can wait, this can wait because no one's going to die. <laughs> like That's yeah. always like, my, it's always my thing. Unless you're, you know, you're a nurse or you're like working in like the health industry or stocks are going to go down or whatever it is fine. But I've always struggled with that. Um, until like until now, because nothing needs to be done right now. So mm -hmm. that's another thing, right? I do want to go back to when you spoke about how you basically self-taught everything you know about the fashion industry. I mean, aside from having that experience growing up, being exposed to it, but I think a lot of people listening can relate to the fact that when you dive into that creative side, a lot of the times when you're building a business on your own and, you, and you're trying to get into that role, you're going on deep dives, you know, you're watching YouTube videos, you're reading articles, you're connecting with other people and networking on social media to find out what works best for them. Maybe that works good for you. So maybe speak on how it was to think that your whole life, you're told you need to go to school and get that piece of paper. Instead, mm. you're building this business on your own and you're learning everything on your own. Yeah. Yeah. So I was always like a very tech savvy person. So for me, you know, building the website, it was pretty, for example, building the website, like was pretty straightforward. But at the same time, I did a lot of Google's my best friend. So if I need to Google the, the, the parts of a card again, like I'm going to Google it so yeah. that I can explain what, what I mean. And uh, like, I have, I speak four languages. I have so much in my mind, like I could be thinking in Russian, but talking to you in English. So I have like 9 million things going on in my brain. So I like, it's hard for me to like explain something to someone. And that's what I do. Like I ask Siri, like I Google stuff. Right. So right now, like we are so blessed with the internet that things that people call stupid, like you can Google and it's right there. It takes five yeah. seconds. And that's actually something I picked up as an executive assistant. When my boss asks me like, where can I charge my vehicle while I'm traveling? And I'm like, it takes me two seconds to Google it. It's those kind of things. I pick that up as like in the corporate world, but starting your own business, it's like, okay, like how do I start selling on Instagram? Or how do I, know? how do I start a business? Like, how do I get a name? <laughs> how do I all yeah. that kind of stuff? Where do right? I yeah. begin? Yeah. 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 Like, and I mean, like I, I, we got married a few months ago and I mean, like I changed my last name and, but you know, it was so easy for me to call my brand Kaz because my birth um, last name is, that's the first four letters of it. So it was like, that was the easy part. You know, I was like, oh, it's like catchy. Like, let's just call it Kaz. So it's like, it's just as easy as that. And then same with logo. Like I was just, why am I going to, I was, I had a thought of like llamas are my favorite animal. So am I going to make the logo out of a llama? Like, no, like I'll just make it a four letter word, you know? So it's like, it's those little things that just pop in your head and you just do them. Mm -hmm. Like, I know I find a lot of people that they'll be like, Oh, I don't know how to start. It's just so hard to start. Just start. All you got to do is like go on wix.com and just pay $13 a month and like start a website. You can start free it's, and, and fill exactly. it and do it all and make exactly. it all without paying anything. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So it's like, I think that's what people usually struggle with. And I struggled with it too. Like I had so many pieces that I've made even like five, 10 years ago, did stuff with hands and like my paintings, you know, I have a couple of paintings that are actually hanging right now at like a nail salon. And I was like, I have a bunch of paintings under my bed, like what do I do with them? Right. So I just went to a bunch of salons and all, 
90% of them were like, no, we don't, not that they don't want to hang my stuff, but they're like, we don't do that. Like, you know, so it's like, I think people struggle more with taking that leap and just Mm -hmm. starting something. And it's like, oh, but I don't know. You don't need to know. Like, all you got to do is like, it's like set click and you got it. You have it started. It's up and live. I always say, I'm like, it's that kick in the butt. You need that push to like get it going. And then everything's just so smooth after that. It's keep to keep taking messy action and then Google. Yes. yes. <laughs> Good for you for like getting out there and like asking if, if your art can go up in these places. I think there's a lesson in that as well, because like a lot of people are so scared of rejection, right? Like the fear mm-hmm. of rejection holds us back from a lot of things. Yeah. I, I tell yeah. I tell a lot of people when they come to me and ask, how do I get people invested into listening to my podcast? Well, if you don't reach out to these people and ask, what's yeah. the worst they're going to say? No. I mean, oh, no. Next. And, you know, you'll be surprised sometimes when you ask and sometimes you ask something that you think you won't get a response from because maybe this person is just, you know, got a huge following or whatever. And boom, the next thing you know, they're interested all because you reached out and you stepped out of your comfort zone. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's, there's someone that I listen to actually a podcast, like almost every day is Gary B. You guys probably heard of him, Gary Vaynerchuk. Yeah. So I listened to him a lot because he's like, at first I didn't like him because he's so arrogant and like straight (laughs) to the point swears like all the time on his podcast. I'm like, I don't like this guy. Like, what does he think he is? You know, but good for him for being like that. You know, he's, he always says to his listeners, he's like, you know, like, reach out to a hundred people because out of the a hundred, one person will respond. And I think that's the fear people have. They're like, Oh, like no one's going to respond to me. My line got into two stores. Like I reached out to like at least 200 stores, you know, and only those two were like, yeah, we'll take your stuff. Like, but now they're hanging in a store. Right. So like, exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, same for me in radio. Like I remember when I was early in my radio career, I would send demo tapes and apply for jobs that were so out of my realm of like experience. They were like looking for 10 years plus. And I was like maybe three years in the broadcast industry. I didn't care. I was looking for those connections. And now here I am 16 years later, and I'm working alongside these people that I sent demo tapes to, you know what I mean? And They remember that because like I made a connection with them early on in my career. I always say I'm like, eventually my business will get where I want it to be. And even if it gets not where I want it to be, like I tried, Mm. um, I made the effort and I'm like, I'm doing this for me. Like I'm not every day. I'm like, oh, like when I first started, I'm like, oh, I'm not making any sales. Like this sucks. But I take a step back and I'm like, I made a brand. I'm sewing stuff from scratch. I made a label. Like at the end of the day, I'm doing this for me. Right. Right. Which is why, like, I don't buy like loads and loads of fabrics because like, I'm not like, I don't want to put that much money into it. Like, I don't want to go broke from this, but again, I'm doing this for me you know, it makes me happy. Right. Like I make a piece and I'm like, Oh my God, this is so pretty. And that's it. And if someone buys it, what is it like to see someone wear your clothing? Like when I was looking on your website, I literally was just thinking to myself, cause Natalie had told me that, uh, she's expecting a a piece of clothing in the mail and I'm super excited. Um, and so I, I was like thinking to myself, like as a designer, a fashion designer, like, what is it like when somebody sends you a picture wearing the thing that you made? I get like the craziest goosebumps, but I think my favorite part is when people 
don't realize they wear my stuff and they'll like post a random story or a random whatever and they don't tag me and I think that's my favorite part because oh that'd be so cool because that means that they're genuinely wearing my stuff that they're actually comfortable in my stuff and they're not doing it to promote me right um I had my stuff in in a store in Burlington the pop-up shop and this woman just like posted a story and like didn't tag me and I was like oh my god like she's so pretty and she's wearing my wait she's wearing my top you know it's that's so organic Exactly. That's what it is. And like, hopefully soon I'll be seeing stuff like just worn on the, on the streets. Right. And I'm like, Oh my God, that's my hoodie. And she's like, totally like vibing in it. You know, like that's, that's that's good. (laughs) It's amazing. And Rome, like, like you mentioned, Rome wasn't built in a day, you know, so you started this and during COVID and it takes a while to get your name out and your brand out. And it's that one person that you've reached out to, or that one podcast or whatever that makes you go viral. Like you, all you have to do as, anyone with a business owner is just keep trying. Like I always tell all of our clients, you're going to get nine no's before you get a yes. You might, like you said, you might get 200 no's before you get one yes or two, I guess, two yeses. But if you keep trying, you will get a yes. And maybe all the no's will help you clarify your business, help you clarify, you know, your pitch or your brand or where you're reaching out and you will eventually yes. Like or, or, or you'll make a connection or something, but, but how would it feel like if you just had, you reached out to three stores and they said no, and you're like, I'm a failure. I'm not going to sew anymore. And yeah. like, that would suck. Yeah. Yeah. I had a couple of meetings. I reached out to different workout studios because I'm starting um, my active line that's coming out in a couple of weeks. Yay. I'm so excited. Yeah. It's, it's going to be really cool. But yeah, I reached out to a couple of workout studios um, that actually have sometimes will have um, merchandise at their stores, their studios. And again, I reached out to maybe 20, 25 in all of Toronto and I got three responses. I met with them and maybe they didn't say yes on the spot, but I put a little seed and maybe they'll eventually have different merchandise and they'll remember me. So it's like, it's just meeting people. To me, it's exciting when I get a meeting. To me, like you guys responded and I'm like, I'm going to be on a podcast, you know, like it's, I don't care if this doesn't go anywhere. I got to meet two incredible people. Like who cares? You know, I live for the experiences and all of this. Like that's, that's my takeaway from life. Like the way that I look at it is one day I'm going to be sitting in a retirement home and I'm going to have nothing but my memories. And so I might as well. And our podcast episodes. Right. To listen (laughs) back to. (laughs) On repeat. But like. Right. You want those memories. You want those experiences because they help you grow as a person. Like if you're not putting yourself out there, you're missing out on a lot, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's when I go back to, you know, some people will like sit and scroll on Instagram. Like why not just like not (laughs) And actually like message that person, you know, reach out. And like, if you actually, you see a company that, that makes pillows or plates or whatever, and you're like, I have like a background in like painting plates. Tell them like, what if you can collaborate and like make something even more unique? Like it's, it's those like moments that like you see something, just reach out like, okay, they're going to say no. Okay. Well, whatever. At least I tried. That's my motto. Yeah. I'm obsessed. I love it. So tell us more about the activewear that you have coming out soon. Oh, it's like one of the most exciting parts. (laughs) So my girlfriends um, actually started their own space. Um, So 
one of them is my best friend for years now. And they kind of like pushed me and motivated me to, to do something like that. They're, they usually buy their stuff from Europe and like Brazil and Russia because it's unique. So I find that North American and American active wear fashion. Now they're starting to expand because everyone's wearing leggings and workout wear, but there's nothing like there's Gymshark and there's Lululemon. Like those are the big brands, you know, and it's always very, it's consistent. Like it's boring, you know, like sometimes I'll have friends that are like, can you like make these leggings, but like extra long? Cause I'm like six feet tall because like, I can't find leggings anywhere for my height or somebody that's super hippie and like really short, you know? So it's like, can you like cut these for me? Or can you like fix these? Or can you make me something that's better for my torso? Like, so there's, there's a lot of people that have reached out and I'm just like, you know what, why not make custom lounge, like loungewear right. slash active wear because we're all wearing it. And, and I'm just like, let me create a design that that's more unique, right. That awesome. accentuates parts of your body that you want to show off or yeah. is sexier. I have friends that, that teach pole, right. So they want something that's like a little more revealing so that they feel sexy in it or something more covered. Right. So I started like, I'm like, okay, what could be cool? So I made some designs and I'll be launching it at the end of November, beginning of December. So it's been a really long time in the works just to get it all correct. Yeah. I'm really excited for it. (laughs) So what do you think has been your biggest learning experience through launching this part of your business? Like with the active wear, I think like really listening to the clientele, really trying to perfect the pieces, which is why it's taking so long. So a big part of it was like, for example, in the leggings so that we don't have a frontal wedgie, for example, you know, that that was huge, right. That a lot of struggle with, you know, or like, I don't want padding in my sports bras because my boobs are really big, but I need to cover up my nipple. So it's like, how can I, you know what I mean? Like, it's, how can I do that? And I struggle with that because I don't want to go to the gym and show off my nipples. Right. So, so it's like, so I think listening to the clientele and like actually perfecting that. And because I'm custom wear, like I will always give that option of, you know, the small, medium, large, extra large, but I also want to opportunity for people to actually send me their measurements and I can make you the perfect pair of gangs without it costing $400. Right. So it's like, I think it's making that custom and like, actually really, like I reached out to a few girls that can model my line and not have that perfect, you know, Instagram model body. Like I want to, I want every woman to feel good in in their bodies. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to go to the gym 10 times a week to actually like feel good going to the gym. Right. So it's It's like nice to see these brands though, realizing that, and like these designers taking a step back and looking at the reality of the bodies that we're living in today and realizing that everybody has different bodies and, you know, it's kind of cool that you're being so inclusive in the way that you're making your fashion available because everybody does have a different body. Yeah. And most, most of my pieces are actually like either one size fits most or 
you know, like I don't carry extra small and small unless somebody wants me to make it. But all of my pieces that are hanging in the stores right now are between medium and extra large because like I'm wearing cardigan that will fit somebody that's large, right? So it's like that versatility, that like off-shoulder top that can actually fit somebody that's extra small and someone that's large. So it's like, I'm trying to kind of show that. And then, you know, if you think it's too oversized, just tuck it into your jeans and it's going to look just as cool. Right. And that's so like, like a whole look right now is the oversized exactly. look, which I'm like yeah. living for, like looking at your website, yeah. it was like, Oh my God. Like right? it yeah. just speaks to me. Cause it does, it gives you that little bit of a sex appeal. Cause you can wear it off the shoulder or whatever. And it doesn't make you feel so confined. Cause if anything, I think the pandemic has really brought out that height of lounge wear because we all want comfort. We want to feel comfortable in the clothes that we're wearing, not restricted. Yeah. 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 No, for sure. And then there's always, yeah. And then there's always that like, okay, but loungewear is dying down because people are actually going back to the office. Yeah. But like, I want to make that sweater that you've been lounging in on the couch for three days, watching TV. I want you to put that over your dress shirt and rock it with a necklace and a red lip done, you know, it's like that versatility of like your sweatpants can actually be rolled down and worn with a set of heels. Like, I'm sorry, but it's happening. I love (laughs) whether you like it or you don't. (laughs) In the corporate world, I work in a building where I see a number of people and, and I see that typical outfit, right? The, the slacks, the, or the skirt or whatever. And then I'll roll in with a set of heels and a nice pair of like slouchy sweatpants, right. That look like they are sweatpants, but they look dressier because I'm wearing them with like a tucked in dress top and heels. So I'm dressing them up and I'm learning how to embrace that loungewear into the office and I'm loving it. So yeah. 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 And then there's me buying a Dior skirt for my house office (laughs) (laughs) off thread up off thread up guys. But still you you just find, you find what works best for you. Right. Literally. Okay. Well that Dior skirt well it's probably gonna look great with that top you're getting in the mail so oh my gosh I will have to post hopefully the skirt fits me it was thrifted but yeah so is there anything kind of just wrapping up is there anything you want to tell our listeners is there anything other than your activewear coming out you want to um tell them about obviously all links will be in our show notes so they can find you there but the floor is yours I think the only thing I'd want to share, and that's like through the experience of building my brand is, and like one of the struggles that I had is kind of like the social media world and friends and family that could either, usually your friends and family uplift you, but there are friends and family and like acquaintances and social media that puts you down when it Mm. comes to building your brand. You know, you're not getting enough comments, you're not getting enough like whatever it is. Like those are... Those are the kind of the struggles that that I had when I was first starting my, my business. And I just, I don't look at that anymore, you know, because at the end of the day, I'm doing this for me. I know it's good and I know it's successful because it looked great to me, uh, whether what, whatever people might say. And like, I think having the ability not really pay attention to those inner demons and your past and your present and people that put you down, whether it's about your brand or something personal. And it's just like not letting that get in the way, I think is like the most important, something that I really learned during this pandemic and during this time. So we all have these thoughts. 
And, you know, it's easy to use the friends and family and social media as an excuse, but it, I know, especially the listeners, like, I know it's a struggle to kind of close your eyes and ignore it. But at the end of the day, do what makes you happy. Like, I know, I know we all say it and I know it's like, okay, but it's easy for you to say, no, but it's true. Like I've struggled and it believing in yourself and actually just taking a leap and just trying new stuff is like key. So yeah, love that. yeah, love that. You. so you guys can find Christina on Instagram. You can find her website linked below and go give her some support, some likes, maybe tag her in some stuff. That would be awesome. Thank you. Thank you, ladies. And remember, it's not only possible to be sick and successful. It is possible for you. 